Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. My name is Lincoln Shrike. He is Gordon Mack. You can email our show, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. And before we get started, I do want to highlight last week, I encouraged people who listened to our podcast on the Stitcher app, which to me is always the third podcast app listed when Kevin reels out the the, the uh, apps you can listen to us. I said, somebody send me a screenshot and via email if you listen on Stitcher, because I don't believe anyone actually listens on Stitcher. Turns out Aaron sent us an email. She listens on Stitcher. So shout out to Aaron. Um, appreciate the email. Keep sending in your Stitcher screenshots. I'm I'm interested. Do you have you ever listened on Stitcher, Gordon? I I don't I didn't even know Stitcher was a thing. I just it, yeah. when I first heard Stitcher, I just I was like, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I only thought people got podcasts in two spots: Spotify and Apple. That's all. Mm-hmm. Are there more than two? Are there like multiple yeah, ones? Are there there's like more than fifth three? Party I mean, ones? there's other. That's why Kevin adds in the or wherever else you get your podcast. That's I mean, there's other. There's even other places, you know, besides just Apple's Spotify. I guess SoundCloud, Stitcher. Everything starts in the NAS, apparently. Um, other than Apple. Of course. Yeah, I've always just been tried and true Apple, but you know, people don't people don't all have Apple products, so That's that true. leaves them open for I guess a lot of different apps. But I now <clears throat> here's the thing. <clears throat> I want people to send in a screenshot now if they don't listen on any of those platforms. So if you're yes. listening on one of the a- wherever else you get your podcast, if you're among the wherever else crowd, Send us a screenshot because I, I I just at this point I'm just interested to know how many apps are out there that make podcasts or that that host podcasts. I'm just curious. Yeah, well, I think we decide where it goes, so I think there's a limit of the of where mm-hmm. it goes. So I think you, I think we had to actually set it up to go to Stitcher. I think that was actually a thing. I could be wrong. Oh, though. really? Yeah. Okay. So, but I don't think but, there's some Kevin, unicorn app out there that someone is listening to. I mean, maybe it's on fleet. Maybe people listen on Twitter fleets 
And uh, what have you seen those? The new types of tweets you can do the fleets. Is that a, is that basically a story? Is that what those are? Yeah, those are called fleets. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just stealing Instagram stories. Well, Instagram stories stole Snapchat. Everyone yeah. steals each other. Yeah, no, I know. I don't know are why you I start took using Twitter. No, not really. I don't really use Twitter. I mean, I'm on it all the time, but I just don't really use it. You know, I get information from Twitter. I I don't tweet necessarily. I think it's going to be a positive towards Twitter because you know how everyone says Twitter is like the worst place in the world, right? Just arguments and just horrible takes and just just brings the worst out of everyone. I feel like fleets are going to bring out the best in anyone in everyone, right? Because I feel like mm-hmm. people are going to spend less time replying back and forth and like dunking on each oh, other. Yeah, and they're gonna be spend more time just like, hey, look, this is a fun thing I did, and be more about the way Twitter was originally meant. I think it's gonna draw people to not engage in ridiculous back and forths, and just more engage in like bullying, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the stories. Because no one is really, people don't really engage in like negative things in Instagram. I mean, I guess technically in the Instagram comments is always like craziness, but. Who go? Who does that? I don't. I don't even look at back and forth on Instagram comments. Yeah. So, I think it's gonna be a positive. I think it's like a, the low key we're gonna make people more nicer to each other. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I, I don't trust anything any social media company does. Um, however, <laughs> Instagram seems to be a healthier platform than Twitter. So anything that they can do that's similar to Instagram, albeit the fact that Instagram is owned by Facebook, so. It, they are on the dark side. Um, dark side. It, uh, I suppose it's not a horrible thing. Okay, uh, we're going to get into our topic today. As some people may know, uh, tonight is the NBA draft. The, I guess you could say the league season has started in the sense that trades have been popping up. Trade rumors are all over the place. So that once again has got us thinking about track and field trades that could happen this is always fun obviously there's no such thing as trades in professional track there's no such trade so no such thing as trades in college track although transferring does at least give you some taste of people switching teams when it does happen but we're going to ignore all that and just propose some trades that would be fun and we try to make it work for for both sides we try to use some big name athletes to really entice the really just to stir the pot. So I, I think you've come up with six good ones here, Gordon. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce your your first one you have? Yeah, so uh, first one is a college-themed trade. So here's the scenario. You are BYU head coach at Eyestone, and Mike Smith picks up the phone, gives you a call, and says, hey, Ed, Nico Young is available at the right price. So you're at Eyestone. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? Nico Young's available? What is your best offer you can make to NAU for Nico Young? Now, we're in the college world, so we have to come up with the rules of how trading works. You can trade anyone on your roster, on your active roster, and you can also trade scholarship slots up to two okay. per year. So basically what that means is if BYU were to trade a scholarship slot, that means – uh, they will pay for a future NAU recruit. And that's important because, you know, in the college, you only get, what, 
12.1 scholarships for the entire track team. So an extra scholarship mm-hmm. slot is huge for recruiting. So, But you also lose that scholarship slot. So if BYU was planning on having three full rec- full-time recruits in one year, they would be only down to two if they trade one of them away to NAU. So Got in it. that situation, what will BYU offer in order to lure in Nico Young, which will have what? Five years of control because none of the stuff Team happens control. this year counts. So five years of control. Uh, yeah. What, what, what's your offer? Well, here we go. I have a question. Can you trade from the women's teams too for this? Like, can I package no. women's team? No. No, no. Mm-hmm. Just straight up. Well, Whitney, Orton, Whitney Orton was going to be a part of a deal here, but okay. I, it's fine. Um, no, you can't do that. Two different okay. teams. Got you. So yeah, the Nico Young situation is obviously dependent one on his talent, but the amount of time he has left, he literally has not raced yet in an NAU uniform. So he has a maximum amount of, as as you would say, team control here. So that's that's a lot. Um, Casey Klinger is going to need to be a part of the deal, and I would say, I I, I mean two two. Two full scholarships and Casey Klinger. That I think that gets the deal done. What do you think of that? So, the thing is, if is you're Casey trading Klinger Casey one, one year down, he only has one year. Yeah. Or he only he has three full years of eligibility left, and then you get two more scholarships. Yeah. So the thing is, though, if you're Ed Eyestone, you're just only adding. Like Casey Klinger is basically as good as Nico Young. You could argue Casey Klinger is going to be a top ten guy. So you only really are you willing to trade? away to future uh roster spots for just an extra year of an elite athlete i feel like that's a little it's a it's kind of a i don't know i would try to lowball mike smith <clears throat> and this is what i would that's do i would give him the price can be really Troutner. high here i'll give him aiden troutner i would hype up nxn champ and aiden troutner just like nico young who's a freshman just coming off a mission so <clears throat> has the opportunity to grow patrick parker who is like a miler, uh, who coming off a of mission, who's who currently at mission. So it's another guy you can get later. And then I would give away a 2024 roster spot, a 2025 roster spot, and a 2026 roster spot. And I'll tell Mike, hey, Mike, you are good right now. You have enough body. You don't need an elite athlete today. You need elite athletes four years from now. So I'm giving you two young guys who can develop and three roster spots, I think that should do the trick. And I would pitch, like, it's about you need to be good in 2024. You don't need to be good in 2021 because you're already good. Yeah, I just worry that they, you know, Nico Young's don't come around very often. And all those future scholarship spots are valuable, obviously, but you're not finding probably another Nico Young there. So I want a superstar here. This is, to me, of the mold of a, a Russell Westbrook for – Chris Paul type of a situation, um, which is not entirely applicable because Russell Westbrook really no longer a superstar. But I, I want a big name athlete. I, I'm trying to sell the NAU fans on dumping Nico Young before he's even raced. We're so hyped up about this guy. He's run under eight minutes as a high school senior. And you're going to give me a bunch of guys like Aiden Troutner and Patrick Parker. I mean, those that's fine. But we're not we're not rebuilding at NAU here. We've got a good team right now. So let's get Casey Klinger, a guy we can slot right in already 
I think that trade's going to happen because Ed Eistone's going to look at Nico Young and say, look how many track titles this guy can probably get me later. I mean, this is a guy who's coming up in a few weeks is going to try to break 1330 on the track. Like, this is a guy who, you know, is going to have All-American honors in the teens and probably, what, two to four NCAA titles when all said and done, maybe more. Like, he is, he's legit that good. And so I I need, if I'm Mike Smith, I need a superstar back in Casey Klinger. And I think, you know, you're okay with giving that up if you're at Eyestone because even though they won last year and they have Connor Mance back and then they get Casey Klinger back, I think this is kind of a rebuilding year for, for BYU. I, I truthfully think they don't have the, the, the middle, the, you know, the three through five runners to win a title this year. So I think you'd be okay and say, we're rebuilding. We get, we'll have uh Mance next year and Nico Young with a year of experience. It's going to be a really good team. Yeah. I'm just thinking you got to tell Mike like, Hey man, you don't need, a star today. You need a stars tomorrow because mm-hmm. his team is like nine, ten deep. So that's true. He can that's, replace no, Nico Young with. I mean, they they won the Oklahoma State Invitational without Theo Quax, Blaze Farrow, or um, uh, there's one other guy. I forget. But anyway, they did it without yeah. three of their top eight. So anyway, yeah. Now here's the situation. Let's 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 flip it. Let's flip it. Now we have Ed mm-hmm. calling Mike, and Ed is saying, hey, guess what, Mike? Connor Mance is available. He's already finished school here at BYU. He, he has two years of eligibility left. He wants to do grad school. We're running, uh, what's your offer? So what will Mike Smith offer Ed for Connor Mance, two years of Connor Mance? Okay. Two, how much cross-country does he have left? He has two years two of cross. Two full years? Well, junior, he's a junior, so technically it's three because this year counts as a repeat, but he's two It's argument, he's a junior. He's a junior, so he has two years. It's like getting okay. a JUCO transfer. Okay. Just coming off this at the top of my head, you know, they're going to need some future value at BYU and some current value. If we say that they're rebuilding – Obviously, losing Mance, you know, you would never actually trade Connor Mance. But if they did, they're going to need some solid bodies in the middle. You're going to slot Casey Klinger up to the number one. You know, you get back uh, – I forget the guy who who had to run unattached at Oklahoma State. Who's the the guy they – anyways. Clayton, the, uh, yeah, Shumway. So he's your number two. Let's get some bodies in there in, in the middle. Should, should I give you mine use. first? I feel like yeah, you go ahead. About it. Okay. No, no, I, I have my. Hold on, hold on. I have mine. Okay. I have mine real. I had it. I, mean, I was just trying to explain okay. it. Okay. So here's my trade for Connor Mance. Two years, which would be obviously an incredible trade for NAU, no matter who they have to give up. But I, I, I package uh, two future scholarships with Brody Hasty and Ryan Raff. And uh, that's, that's the package, I think. I think it doesn't sell well right away with BYU, but it, it, uh, it uh hold on my son's trying to come in great he got a toy he's excited okay it doesn't he was excited about this trade as well um it doesn't sell right well right away with BYU but I think you get Brody Hasty he's a change of scenery type of a guy not that he's been bad but I think you you put him in a new spot put him up in the mountains in in Utah I, I think he could thrive there Ryan Raff's been eager to be in a top five I mean the guy just can't quite get it done poor 
poor guy. He, all, he, all he does is thrive in cross country and he's improved in track. And then you get those two future scholarships. And then NAU's got another superstar in Connor Mance. That's my trade. Yeah. So I actually have a similar trade. I also think get rid of, you, you ship off Brody Hasty, who is a sophomore. So that's a lot of years of control. Ryan Raff, yeah. I also think you throw in the trade. Ryan Raff, who is from Utah. I believe he's mm -hmm. Mormon. So oh, that helps works out. for BYU get, get one of their homegrown talent back in there. I think you only give out one roster spot, a 2022 roster spot. And I think you can throw okay. in Theo Quacks. I think you, instead of two oh. roster spots, I think you throw in Theo Quacks. Theo's more of a miler. I think uh, BYU loves to dip their toes into the, the DMR every few years or so, a lot more often than NAU does. So I think BYU would love to have another miler. I mean, Hasty and Quacks will basically give BYU a great, strong DMR foundation for the next three yeah. years. So, and yeah, BYU, no, I think, BYU I think they they're good with their milers, right? Uh, what's his name? Miles Batty. Mm -hmm. He uh, was one of the yeah. greats there for BYU. Uh, Shaquille Walker, a great 800 meter runner. Mm -hmm. So, I think um, yeah. basically flipping some good mid distance guys, a Utah guy and Ryan Raff in a roster spot. For Connor Mance, I think it'd be worth it. Yeah, I think both would win this trade. I think Mike Smith definitely would look really good because imagine <laughs> a one-two-three punch of Grijalva, Mance, and Nico Young. That would be like insane. Yeah, that's pretty good. So. That's pretty good. Not to mention uh, Ab Abdomen Nur. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, they, they that'd be a, they're just a scary team. All right, let's move on to our second proposed scenario, and I'll tee this up here. Okay, so you're Coach Haynes at NC State, the women's coach, and Caitlin Tui, your superstar freshman. <laughs> I love the way you wrote these. Send you a text privately saying, I want out. Who knows? Maybe Raleigh's just not the town for her. Who do you call? <clears throat> Sorry. And what is the best offer you could get for Tui? I'm going to let you uh, run through your, your scenario before I – because I haven't fully sussed through this yet. So I uh, – I, go ahead. I think this is simple. I think you look at your roster. NC State got a lot of freshmen, right? And you're like, they have a lot of freshmen, but they're also very in the win-now mode, and I think they go all in on winning now. I think this is the Kawhi Leonard to Toronto mm. move that you got to make, and I think you trade Caitlin Tui to Stanford for Donahue and Lawson. So Ooh. they're two top stars. I think Stanford does it. I think Stanford is always thinking we're going to be fine forever. We get Caitlin Tui, let her be the, the star for the next four years. And I think NC State's like, all right, we're all in. This is the year. We have all these seniors up front. We have the freshmen in the back. But, like, push all the chips in on 2021. And technically, you get them for two years, right? 2021 and 2022. because mm -hmm. uh, Or 2021 and 2021 because this March championship is a is a mulligan. So, yeah, that's my, that's my take. Go all in. Go to Stan her to Stanford. For two seniors, that's interesting. Yeah, I I like the the win now approach. I'm going to steal a page from that book. Um, I think you're going to have to include more than just Caitlin Tui for this trade. I think we package Caitlin Tui and Hannah Steelman, two great runners, likely to be in their top five this March if they're if we're running cross country, and you have a blockbuster here. You ship them to New Mexico for Wayne Kalati. Listen, 
Joe Franklin is not going to want to part with Wayne Kalati very easily, but he's looking down and he's seeing, I just graduated Edna Kurgat. I'm about to, you know, Wayne Kalati is about to depart. I, I need something to build for the future here. I'm losing a lot of these recruits to NC State, to Stanford, to now to North Carolina. What's going on here? He's got to get some talent there that he can he can develop in Albuquerque. I think he takes Tui, gets a year or whatever it is of Steelman, and he, he gets Kalati. I mean, he's squeezed a lot out of Wayne Kalati already. You know, he's got a national cross title, a ten thousand meter title. The team behind her is not there right now. You need to build for the future, and you do that I, with Caitlin Tui. So that I like and that then trade. obviously also, NC State gets Wayne Kalati, who's the best runner in the NCAA. Yeah, so it, and also Steelman Steepler. Steelman's a steepler. Steeplers do pretty well at New Mexico. Charlotte Prowse, Courtney Ferricks. So he can kind of have the steeple project going into the Olympic trials. So I like that trade. I like okay. that trade. This is fun. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah. Scenario number three is another college one. Last college scenario. Then we have some pro scenarios. Okay. This is my favorite one, but apparently one of our coworkers did not like this trade. All right. Now <laughs> we're, we're, putting, we're putting ourselves in a time machine. Okay. Time okay. machine. Cheserek just finished his freshman year of college and Grant Holloway just finished his freshman year of college, assuming they're both the same class year. So we also have the time machine and a little bit of revisionist history where they actually are the same grade. So we're pretending they're the same yeah. grade, but Cheserek dominates his freshman year the way he did it. Grant Holloway wins the 60 and the 110, four by four, does all that stuff, right? They both have incredible freshman yeah. years. Oregon, Coach... Uh, Mike Holloway of Florida and Robert Johnson of Oregon get on the call, get on the phone, and decide to do a blockbuster straight up deal. This is my Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook type deal. Cheserek mm -hmm. gets shipped to Florida. Grant Holloway gets shipped to uh, Oregon, and then they go on to have the careers that they had. So Cheserek goes on to have three more years, uh, two really good years, one half good year. Uh, and then Holloway gets two more years because he goes pro after junior year. Who would win that trade? Would Oregon win the trade by getting Grant Holloway for two more years, or would Florida win the trade for getting Cheserek for two and a half? Yeah, this is difficult. With with Cheserek, obviously you have cross country. You have a whole other sport that you don't get with Grant Holloway. So that's that's one. Advantage. Well, take that out because Mike Holloway's okay. not thinking about cross country. This is a track only. No, I think he, indoor. Outdoor. I think he spends. I think he spends long nights thinking about cross country. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Chris Zelinsky's like, go for it, go for it. Let's do it. I'm all in. But you know, Grant Holloway is one of those guys who makes. Not only is he just an absolute point machine, he makes his teammates better. I believe in the as much as you can in the four by one and the four by four. Not only with his example, but with his energy and frankly even though if it's comparable i think he has the potential to be a higher point scorer than edward cheserek now cheserek is is you know his ceiling is always going to be at the outdoor championships 20 points right i mean that's always going to be that's kind of his at, at worst he's going to get you like 18 probably whereas holloway you're going to get 10 in the in the 110s you might get three to five in the jumps. And then if you want to split down the relays, you know, he may be a part of winning relays, but if you want to split it down to 
you know, a quarter of 10 points or two and a half. They, he may end up with less points than Edward Cheserek, but still, yeah, I'm always going to pick Holloway. It's just the all around as the all around athlete, even with, if it's less, less, slightly less control. Um, so I, I would actually say neither team says yes. I know that's not the question who wins the trade. I think Oregon wins the trade though, by getting Grant Holloway. I, I think Florida would win the trade by getting Cheserak because one Florida, yes, while they lose Holloway, they can easily replace him on their relays. Like they're they're a good four by one school, regardless with whether Holloway's on it or not. Maybe Oof. Holloway takes Take. them to from second to first. But like the increase that Holloway gives to their four by four and the four by one is not as big as the increase that Cheserak gives in the individual events. And I think that Holloway on Oregon, like just just because you have Holloway doesn't mean you're going to be able to find three other 400 guys or three other 100 guys, right, all of a sudden. And I think right. Florida with Cheserek can throw them at the SEC meet, make the SEC meet a lot easier for them to win, which is important because you can run all the distance races and smoke everyone. And I think just Cheserek giving an automatic – he was an auto – his sophomore and junior year, he was an automatic 20 every time. The only, yeah. the only time he lost, you lost like Jenkins, his teammate. You know, so I think right. Florida would stay good in the in the in the relays, and then just be go from zero to one hundred in the distance because they're not getting anything in the distance. They're gonna go from zero to twenty in the distance. That's a bigger jump than Oregon going from like. I mean, Oregon had Devin Allen, right? They had a couple other guys who are still doing what Holloway doesn't, but Florida has no distance, so. I think Florida would actually win it by having the bigger jump of point opportunities. So I could hear arguments on both sides. I'm not swayed by by either like the full way. Um maybe I mean you could unlock Grant Holloway in other events if he's at if he's at Oregon. You know, maybe they don't think as much as as Mike Holloway does about Grant Holloway's future and they just say, Hey, by the way, you're running the hundred. You run the open four. They they bring two. in Ashton I mean, Eaton. He, they they bring in Ashton Eaton and we're like, hey man, we know you don't <laughs> want to do it, but you're doing a decathlon. Is that what happens? Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like this may not completely be true. I mean, part of the issue with Cesarek's a big part of the part of the issue with his pro career at this point has been he doesn't have a country to represent. I mean he does, but he doesn't want to run for Kenya. And so some of his ability has been stifled by not being able to get on the world stage, but also think some of it is that he ran so much in college, you know, he did so many things that maybe he, you know, used up some, some, I don't know how you want to say this, used up some races in college that he could have been strong in the pros, who knows. But if they, you apply that method to Oregon, and Grant Holloway, I think they're running him out there more than Mike Holloway is. Because Mike Holloway was always thinking, oh, I'm thinking of the future, too, for Grant Holloway. And so they might have him in some di in some flat sprint events as, as well. So that would be something to to watch out for. So that's, that's a pretty good trade. I, I have no issue with that um, That as a, as a concept. Um, okay, let's move on to our fourth of six. I'm going to read this that you wrote. You are the U.S. coach. Is that like the... The overall U.S. like Olympic or World Championship team coach, I'm assuming. Yeah, the team USA. Yeah. We're assuming you're Team USA coach for the upcoming Olympics. Okay, okay. So you're the U.S. 
you are the U.S. Uh, team coach. You recognize that your B squad, the fifth through eight man, four by four, could still win Olympic gold. What trades would you make to ship out? Uh, you have Norman, Curley, Benjamin, Montgomery to enhance your Olympic team. Remember who you bring in takes a spot off your current top three team. So, for example, if you were so basically, you're trading your away your A four by four guys, Curley, Norman, okay. Benjamin, and Montgomery, who are very valuable, right? Especially Norman and Benjamin. And are we gonna you're trying to get take? You're trying to get uh, bodies back to kind of enhance your other events where you feel like you can make Team USA even better. So, but so for, say you traded, but say you traded for like a Kenyan 800 meter runner. That means you're then taking either Brazier, Hopple, or Murphy off your 2021 Olympic team or okay. whoever. So you can't. You're not just like adding. So you have to be strategic. You don't want to add. It might not make sense to add a 100 meter guy because you already have all the best 100 meter guys, right? So I I already thought this out. So do you want to hear? Yeah, go for it. Got? So I think you start off with Fred Curley. You trade him to Morocco for their steepler. Oh, Sufan Bakali. Bakali. Oh, Bakali. For Bakali. I think they're comparable. They're both metal contenders. I think Morocco uh, doesn't have much in the sprints, I don't think at all. And I think Curly would be great for Morocco. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying that. But I think that's a fair trade straight up. Maybe throw in some futures here and there. But Curly for Bakali. And I think okay. U.S., yes, we have Evan Jager, but he's been hurt, you know. And I think that gives us a really good distance guy uh, to who know we uh, 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 just adds another medal contender to USA that in one of our weaker events, which is the men's steeplechase. All right, mm. then then I have another kind of you know play. You, you gotta these are this is like the these are the trades that GMs that no one talks about, but like that are like always. Like that second round pick trade that like how do they get Robert Covington? You know, this is those this type of trade. You take Kamari <laughs> Montgomery, take Kamari Montgomery, who is like their fourth best four hundred meter guy, and you trade him to Estonia for Uebo, their decathlete. US has been down in the oh. decathlon and we need a we need a resurgence wow. in the cat decathlon after losing Eaton and Hardy. I think Montgomery, again, we have riches of 400s. We don't need another 400 guy, but we do need another decathlon, decathlete. And I think they're similar value. Uebo is not like the best, best, but he's there. He got silver, I think, in Worlds 2019. And I think that kind of will reignite. He's young. They'll reignite our decathlon squad for mm. the next few years. And, you know, he he's married to Shawnee Miller. So maybe. Shawnee Miller's citizenship gets changed, and all of a sudden we get a bonus throw in oh, her wow. in her late career, kind of like Allison Felix time. So, but that's not. I'm not baking on that. I think straight up Montgomery for Uebo is good enough. And then here's the last one: you package okay. Norman and Benjamin. Oh my! You send them to Uganda for chapter guy. Boom. Yeah. Norman and Benjamin yeah, for Joseph. I, I, I think some sprint fans would have trouble with that. Um, but I love this. Is that fans trade. would love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, they always say when athletes that have been a 
stalwart for one team, one organization, and they they get traded or they sign with another team. It's weird to see them in this uniform. You know, they don't look they're right in that uniform. I think Kamari Montgomery in an Estonia kit would be one such situation where we'd be like, man, it's definitely weird to see Kamari Montgomery in that <laughs> Estonia uniform. Uh, the good thing is, you know, Weibo doesn't live in Estonia. He lives in Florida and where he trains with his wife, Shawnee Miller Weibo. Um, so I don't think Kamari Montgomery would have to move to Estonia, although that would be pretty hilarious. I would, I would definitely have to say, um, I loved your last trade. Um, the thing is, is this in a vacuum? Are we, are we losing Norman in the open 400 and then Benjamin in the 400 hurdles too? Yeah. That's why, that's why it's it's two big pieces, but like, Hey, you're getting back chapter guy, like who is Mm a, an even who you could argue is even more of a bigger piece, right? I mean, I just okay. I just look at the argument like USA is going to find another Norman in a few years. I mean, we're always going to have a great you know four hundred hurdlers, but like another I, I, I don't maybe not another Norman, but like people are gonna we have a great system for train for developing four hundred meter runners. Okay, I think Chepta guy is more of a once in a lifetime more than Benjamin or Norman are. So mm. hey, if Chepta guy is. We have Cheptegei and Lopez Lemong and Chalimo in the five k. That's that's good. That's a, that's a good that's a good squad. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of any better trades I can make than than what you just did. I'm I'm thinking of of weaker events that. I mean, see, give me just a sec. Would you trade for any fifteen hundred meter runners? Would you package it? Yeah, that's or, that, that was for, that's that's the uh, that's probably the the weakest thing we could we could do. Maybe a Michael Norman straight up for Jakob Ingebrigtsen. I don't think Norway says yes, but then you start to get the parts of Norway having a one half of a pretty darn good four by four. If you have Norman and uh, and Carson Warholm. They're both young, Ooh, what if, obviously. Ingebrigtsen's a little what, younger, but it's potential. What if we trade Benjamin for Ingebrigtsen, and then Norway just has an incredible one-two foreigner? Yeah. Maybe that, I, don't don't get that's the, I don't get Warhol to the job train for the there. world record. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I I don't know if Benjamin's enough. I mean, may, maybe. I know he obviously has a silver medal, and Norman has nothing at this point, but I think... I think you get Norman as the headliner, and then you have you have two gold medal favorites in two events with Warholm and and uh, and Norman there. Ingebrigtsen, for all he's done, it's going to be tough for for Norway to say goodbye to him at, at just now twenty years old. But he doesn't have any medals yet. You know, he's just future. He's potential. It's it's similar types of a thing, and you can say, oh well, he's he's. He does multiple events. He's the 15 and the 5. Guess what? Michael Norman does the 200 and the 400. And if you're really feeling frisky, he can also do the 100 as well. So I think it's similar value. I like that straight up. Maybe you have to uh, – I don't know how what, what the kick-ins would have to be. Maybe you throw in like a TJ Holmes just for progress, you know, just for for um, depth in the, four, in the 400 hurdles. Salary cap, sure. Uh, I don't know. 
you know, I don't know. You get you, you might, this may not be a situation that where the money works out perfectly. You may have to th- throw in a, a sprinter to be named later, maybe a little cash. I mean, Norway's probably going to want to get some cash back from the United States. Let's be honest here. So maybe that's the situation. We'd have to hammer out the details with our agents, but you know, I, so I, the headline would be Norman for Ingebrigtsen. I like it. So the one te- the one country, I guess, team that I would not want to ship any of these 400 meter runners to is Kenya. Mm. And the reason why, because I believe if we were to try to package Norman and Benjamin for like a Kipchoge, yeah, I think Kenya. Kenya's four by four would then beat us if they had Norman and Benjamin, and then dare I say Emmanuel Correa, and and then whoever else they throw in the four hundred, they have <laughs> another forty five guy. They could win the yeah. four by four, and it would be oh, like, yeah, yeah uh, of course, we shouldn't have done that. Which would be crazy. Imagine yeah. like Kenyan four by four winning with Norman and Benjamin on the anchor. Mm. Be like, what did we do? That's like, yeah, that's like be the Phillies watching. It's like Bryce Harper watching the Nationals win the World Series. You're like, oh. What what would we do wrong? Yeah. yeah. So addition by subtraction, baby. Um all right. So yeah. I read off, I'll read off this next scenario. Yeah, go for it. You ready? Okay. So this one's mm-hmm. a little complicated. So we were dealing with countries. Now we're not dealing with countries. We're only dealing with US training groups. Okay. Mm-hmm. So US training groups. What do you think would be a fair trade package for Shelby Hulahan? Assuming you can only trade her to other U.S.-based training groups. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. We understand that training groups don't really have any future assets, and I feel like someone with Shelby Sulehan is going to have to involve some what we would call picks in the NBA. So yeah. let's assume that a training group can own the rights to future NCAA champions in any event. So say you mm. could package athlete A and B on your roster plus three NCAA champions in the 1500 in 2021 through 2022 or whatever. So what would be your package that you think is a fair trade value for Shelby Houlihan? I bring up Shelby Houlihan because I feel like she's probably the the most expensive. She's like the James Harden right now that everyone is trying to trade for. Right. So here's, should I tell you, should I go first? I can tell you who I would package. Yeah. I think, Molly Huddle and Emily Sisson plus two future mm-hmm. NCAA 1500 meter champions for Shelby Houlihan. Jeez, that's a lot. That you're giving up a ton there. Molly Huddle and, and Emily think, Sisson. And I think Jerry does that because he has a lot of depth in the 15 and the 5K on his roster. But throwing in Huddle and Sisson, you're back in the marathon game. Amy Craig is getting old, so you're back in the Older. marathon game. You're back in the 10K game, uh, and Two future NCAA 1500 meter champions. You know who knows who, who pops up to kind of replace Shelby in the 2024 trials. So I think I think Jerry yeah, would win that trade. I think it's good headlines for both teams. I mean, you look at what who Ray Ray Tracy's group there. That was that's what I was looking for. I mean, he his his group goes from the you know the the quiet Providence based solid but no glitz and glamour group to now you have the best distance runner in the country and one of the three three or four best 1500 meter runners in the world one of the best one of the best five to seven five thousand meter runners in the world and you know she can also do other things that that adds a lot of pop to that group even if that group is completely decimated at that point and then you're right jerry gets that depth 
Maybe a change of scenery is good for Molly Huddle, who's been fantastic, but hasn't been able to break through on the for metal. You know, maybe Jerry says, you know, here's some things we can tinker with on the marathon side to, you know, really get you to figure that distance out. And then you really unlock Emily Sisson, perhaps. And you say, Emily, here, we're going to we're going to pick a distance for you. It's marathon all the time. And, you know, perhaps that really just gets those two going and uh, they can make one more run at 2024 for the trials and and really run some some times that can challenge some American records in in the meantime. So that's I like that. Um, and you said two future, two futures access yeah, two to future signing. NCA 1500 meter champions. Okay. So then, yeah, that sets up, that sets up, uh, Ray Tracy's group, right. For having some training partners for, for Shelby Houlihan. So that's good. I mean, she's going to be a little lonely for the first couple years or first year or so, but that's a good trade. It's a lot to give up, but if Bowman Track Club's going to deal with giving up Shelby Houlihan a year after, you know, in the given the two years she's just had, in her prime, yeah, you have to expect a lot in return. I like to see the first day of practice with uh, Molly Huddle and Emily Infeld, and see how that goes down. If there's any, yeah, uh, the I mean, five. Yeah, it has little, been five years, but yeah, might be a little weird. Might be a little weird. There might be some like. I like to see that first like training session when and see if like there's any one stepping of the other. If someone pulls up, if, imagine like Molly, Molly huddles like in her final rep and it's kind of just cruising through the finish line, and Emily Infeld just does another like <laughs> lean on that Sorry. final fifth mile. It's a habit. Sorry, it's so. a it's a habit. I, I can't break it. Okay, so here's what I came up with: a lot simpler, but I think you get back the instant medal contender that you're looking for. If you're giving up Shelby Houlihan, I'm going to the boss hard group. If I'm, if I'm dumping off Shelby Houlihan at age 27, I want Emma Coburn and Danny Jones in return. So you get the future of Danny Jones again, maybe a change of scenery. Her rookie year wasn't as strong as we thought. Now it's was a pandemic broken up season. So who knows, but she obviously has that potential as a cross champ as champion on the track. And then you get Emma Coburn, who's basically guaranteed to get a medal uh, in for the next few years. I know she's 30 now, but she's still a major, major player in the steeplechase. So you, arguably, you're getting back a better medal threat than Shelby Houlihan, just in the fact of the competitiveness of the 15 and the 5. And Houlihan's never won a medal. And obviously, we've got three in the cupboard there for Emma Coburn, and she's a world champion. But she's a few years older, and Houlihan really probably has you know more runway left in her career. So, and then you have to throw in Danny Jones, I I, I think as well, just because again the, the future of Houlihan looks a little brighter. I think that gets gets the job done. Uh, now the issue here gets a little yeah. complicated when you talk about Joe Bossard trading away his wife <laughs> to <laughs> to Cherry Schumacher. Hey. That's a little awkward. <laughs> That's that. That's tough. That's gonna be a tough sell. It's business, man. It's business, baby. It's business. <laughs> Here's that. This is what I'm thinking about. This kind of how will Courtney Frerichs and Colin Quigley feel about this deal? Because this kind of reminds me of the Sixers, Joel Embiid, seeing Elton Brand trade for another guy who does his position in in Al Horford. Like, yeah. are we gonna have like an Al Horford, Joel Embiid? situation with having three steeplers all on the same team like i don't think courtney frerickson colin quigley are gonna be too happy about this deal they might yeah. ask for a, they might 
if this deal happens, we might a year from now them seeing Frerichs and Quigley on the trade block because they're unhappy. Ah, yeah. You know? They're, and then they're maybe start, they have to flip to those two for... They're starting to leak to Jonathan Galt that they're they're unhappy yeah. and they're looking for other destinations. Again, I think the first major roadblock we can't overlook is the fact that Joe Bossard would be agreeing to a trade to ship his wife out of his own house and uh, to Portland. So that that that's an impediment to this trade. But you're right. that they, That's a stockpile of steeplers that they don't necessarily need. Um, you know, maybe a higher chance of getting the American record though. Somebody first woman breaking nine minutes, if they have all those women together and they can run those, uh, team, team events like they did this past summer. So maybe you get somebody run. you know, you, you add more to the, to the fire here and, and uh, it's going to bring out the best in everyone. So yeah, yours, yours might be a little bit more enticing and maybe a little bit more realistic than mine, but, but you know, I think they're both good options. So here's the last one. This is my favorite yep. one. Save the best for last. Involves Bowerman Track Club again. So here we go. I'm going to lay it out, give all the details. You're Jerry Schumacher, and you want – so remember when Jerry didn't have any women on their team? They had like one woman, and yeah. now they're like the best women's group ever. So he go, he's able to go from zero to 100 pretty easily with training groups. That's true. So you're Jerry, and you're like, screw it. Let's start a, tra- a sprint training group, right? It's like, I have too many distance athletes. I have too many to keep track of. It's it's overwhelming. I need to trade some of my distance ath- assets, not athletes, assets, to some sprinter training groups so I can develop a sprint group. So my goal is to get a group of six sprinters. And by sprinters, I mean 100, 200, 400 slash hurdles. So any of those categories. So sprinters, not jumpers. Mm-hmm. And I have to trade basically some of my men's 1500, Centro and Thompson, men's steeple, Jager, men's 5K, Kincaid, Hill, Fisher, McGordy, men's 10K, Lamong, men's marathon, Derek and Bumbleo, women's 1500, Houlihan, Sinclair Johnson, Kate Grace, women's steeple, Courtney Ferricks, Colin Quigley. However, maybe not for long if the boss hard trade goes through. Uh, women's 5K, <laughs> Schweizer, Fraser, Cranny. Women's 10K, Infeld, Hall, Jorgensen. Women's Marathon, Amy Craig. So a lot of assets, a lot of athletes. Only three make an Olympic team every four years. So I think he should be okay with shedding some of his talent in order to bring in some great sprinter talent. So. I can go first, and I can talk about yeah. what I would do. So, now you can't just trade away Chris Derrick, Bumbleo, Jorgensen, and expect to get good talent. Like you're gonna have to trade some of your people who are actually good. You can't just yeah depreciating no, assets. You can't just get rid of them, right? So, yeah, uh, I can't. I called some of these guys depreciating athletes. I apologize. They're great athletes. All right, so here we go. <laughs> I kind of split it up. Of I I got to get three women women sprinters and three male sprinters. Okay. So I'm okay. just going to break it down in women for women trade, men for men trade. So women's fifth, the women's side, I'm willing to give up Shelby Houlihan, Colleen Quigley, and Mariel Hall for Sydney McLaughlin, Phyllis Francis, and Jenna Prandini. Man. I feel like 
if I'm going to start a sprint group, I need to start with a sure thing, and that is Sydney, and a young sure thing. And if I'm going to get Sydney, I need to send out probably my best athlete, which is Shelby Houlihan. But I should be okay with it because I'm like, I still have Christian Schweizer who can kind of carry the mantle for Houlihan. And also, if you think about it, I have a lot of 1,500-meter runners anyway. Sinclair Johnson's coming in. Kate Grace is still here. A lot of 5K. It's okay to get rid of one of them. And I get mm-hmm. McLaughlin. I think Phyllis Francis would be a stalwart to on the 400. I think Jenna Prandini, I can I can buy low because of her injury, and I can get her for a Mario Hall. So it's basically Mario Hall for Prandini, Phyllis Francis mm. for Quigley, and Houlihan for McLaughlin. So that's the women's side. And then the okay. men's side, I'm willing to give up Matt Centro, Ryan Hill, Sean McGordy, Lopez Lamong, Chris Derrick, and Andrew Bumbleo. So I'm really go all in. Yeah. Get rid of all no those lie. guys. No, I get Bromel, Curly, and Freddie Crittenden. Okay. That's a lot so to give up. It is, it's a lot, but here's the thing. Lopez Lamont, he's only going to be around for how many more years? One or two? Chris Derrick and Bumbleo, they're, they're, that, they're, they're just throw-ins. They're second-round picks. Ryan Hill's at the end of his road. I feel like I'm really – so I'm giving up Centro, Hill, and Lamong. I feel like all those guys aren't making the Olympic team in 2024. Right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm okay with it. And I feel like I can't get I, – I feel like uh, Noah Lyles is too expensive. But Oh, yeah. He's probably untouchable, right? Yeah. And maybe I'm losing my, my, my return here because currently 400-meter runners, they don't last forever. Bromel, I just feel like Bromel is like, I may be overbuying this. I think I was trying to look at Crittenden as like the guy who's a sleeper uh, hurdler who can kind of maybe pass, not Holloway, but pass Daniel Roberts eventually. I don't know. That's what I thought. Maybe I, looking back on, I am giving up a lot of male assets for this, but I just feel like Centro, Hill, Lamont, while they are the best right now they're all on the wrong going towards the wrong side of 30 so that's what i think mm. okay i'm still coming up with um still coming up with mine here so i'll i'll i'll, I'll do my men first and and uh then i i'll have to uh who's the who's the stanford runner for bowerman that ran 1448 indoors not at least cranny but uh vanessa fraser fraser, fraser. that's good yeah, hold on. I like it's like who's that other fourteen forty girl they got? It's really tough to keep up. Um, it's it's honestly it's honestly tough. Hold on, I, I'm almost done with my. Um, this was fun to do. Uh, this is fun. Yeah, hold on. I'm 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 going a little. I'm this, these aren't. We're gonna start slow with our sprint group here. On on my side, we're not. You know, we're not necessarily gonna blow everybody out of the water yet with our with our groups. There are gonna be some older names in here. Um, and you may be thinking, well, in the Bowerman Track Club, we're giving up just just a hair, just a hair too much. So um, hold on one sec. So for Jorgensen and Craig, who can I give up here? 
So this is tough. This is your this is your Theo Epstein moment. If you don't pull yeah. it off, you're gonna have to closer to being a GM than he is right now. Um, okay, I'll figure out the last one in a second because this doesn't play well with on 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 just audio. Okay, my first trade: Grant Fisher and Chris Derrick. I'm shipping them down to Florida for the last little bit of juice we can squeeze out of Justin Gatlin. Ooh, I love that Still little play on words. Threat. Now, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Last little bit of juice. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Gatlin, for being 100 years old, he's still a metal threat, right? I mean, we assume he's going to fall off soon, but somehow he still keeps winning medals. You assume going forward that, I mean, which group are you likely to get more medals out of, Fisher and Derek or Justin Gatlin? I mean, let's be honest, Justin Gatlin. As good as Grant Fisher is, the likelihood that he gets a medal is pretty pretty long, right? It's just really hard to That's do. That's true. But, but he has a ton Gallon of only has one left year left. In. Yeah, yeah, a ton of future left in Grant Fisher. He can win some U.S. titles, so there. So that's so it's possible. So you start out with Gallon. Trade number two: Evan Jager and Ryan Hill. We got a two for two deal here. We're getting back another veteran and somebody with a future. We're gonna get Lashawn Merritt. So that's kind of the Hill option, and <laughs> Ronnie Baker. And Ronnie Baker back. Ooh. So that's my men's that's my men's group. We got some hundred guys in Gatlin and Baker, and then we get LaShawn Merritt. Listen, You're, there may not be much left in him, but is there that much left in Ryan Hill too? No, not not really. I'm just saying your men's sprint training group in 2024 is gonna be non-existent. I mean, let's just be <laughs> honest. They're they're not <laughs> Ronnie Baker's gonna be there. He's gonna be there. Okay. It's like on signing the- five Brett Favres to your football team. So what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> I came up with these on the spot. This wasn't. I know it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> this wasn't uh, necessarily easy. Shot um, well, Merritt, okay. dude. When's the last time he's run? <laughs> Isn't he he's coming back. Is he? <laughs> I feel like he ran even the, worse than. He's even worse he than your boy the, Wade Van Niekirk. He ran in the AP Ranch thing, so he must be committed to still getting his contract at least. All right, you're to the women's side. Shelby, you're, 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 you're GM. You are not going to make it through the year. The ownership is gonna going to fire your ass. I'm going all in for 2021. <laughs> I'm starting off a new franchise with some some big names. I'm going to sell a lot of jerseys. All right, Shelby Houlihan and Courtney Frericks for Dalila Muhammad. Now that's my first like big big one. Hulan and Frerichs, both younger than Muhammad. Muhammad, obviously, the world record holder. That may not be enough to get it done. We may have to trade in a future signing of, you know, maybe two two future 5,000-meter NCAA champs. I could I could listen to that. That's down the road. We don't have to worry about that right now. But with Jerry Schumacher gets Dalila Muhammad. Let's make that work. Bang. <laughs> All right. Women's side. Uh, again, Elise Cranny and Vanessa Frazier for Shakari Richardson. Okay. That may not Wild be card. enough. To, may have to package in. I don't know. I feel like Jorg- though, Jorgensen maybe you know, as well. I feel like trading for Shikari Richardson though is like trading for Ben Simmons. Will he develop the jump shot? We don't know. You know he has a talent. <laughs> Will Shikari? Yeah, but like it was a. Was it a flash in the pan or was it yeah. of what's to come? Right. So I feel like there's a lot more. I feel like there's a. There, there's a high ceiling, but there also could be a, a big floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not the right phrase, but you know what I mean. 
So that's a, that's a risky move. That's, I'm saying that's mm-hmm. risky. Okay, my I last mean, you're one. You're going all risk. You're going risk with the young. You're going a guy who hasn't run in like 30 years, and you're going with a man <laughs> who's like 80. So, all right, here's my last one: Colin Quigley and Emily Infeld for Waddle and Jonathus. We get a future. Our, our women's side is much more promising. Let's be honest. Yeah, Colin Quigley, she's been a great steepler, but she's a little redundant when you have Courtney Frerichs, Emily Infeld, and Emma Coburn. When she's healthy, they got that trade, especially if they make that trade a little redundant there. So we get we we ship Quigley uh, out as well as Infeld, who's probably moving up to the marathon too. So Jonathan's old training group there, they they get a marathoner as well, a future marathoner with some promise. And then you get Jonathan, who uh, is great in the four hundred and has obviously a ton of four by four potential going forward as well. So that's that's our I think our so my who- women's training group might be a little stronger. Who have you shipped? You traded a lot of assets. So who did you trade overall? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I, I did. So here's who I didn't get rid of. I still have. Okay. I still have Centro. I still have Lopez Lemong. I obviously still crucially Thompson. still have Mohamed. I mean, he's an untouchable. We're not. We're not. Oh, we're, we're, not we're doing... talking Americans right now. Sorry, I didn't. Oh, oh yeah. I, yeah, because we're straight okay. up for U.S. sprinters. Yeah. So Lopez, Centro, I did get rid of Jager and Hill. I got rid of Fisher and Derek. Um, you kept McCordy at McGordy and Kincaid. Kincaid. Yeah, yeah. So I mean we still have we still have okay. we still have all I mean we had to get rid of and Fisher and Jager. That was the two biggest as kept kept Swizer. And then you're talking about Dalila Muhammad, Shakari Richardson, and Waddle and Jonathan. And a outstanding 2011 team in Gatlin and LaShawn Merritt. I mean, this is great. (laughs) It's a, what year is it track team? Yeah. You're, you're definitely going to trade for uh, Chris Paul and Kamaro Anthony in 2024. If you're the GM of some of the bulls. (laughs) All right. Well, this was a, this was a ton of fun. I would encourage people to email us their their trades. Maybe you have time to come up, you know, plug this into your hypothetical trade machine. Maybe you can build a trade machine uh, in your <laughs> spare time. Uh, yeah, send us your 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 any trades that you got. Kevin and I brought up some yesterday as well, cross cross countries. Um, so this is a lot of fun, um, and we will be back with you tomorrow for more from the Flow Track Podcast.